Welcome to Bride Body Family Temple, where we talk about all things church and what it means to be the people of God before a watching world. I'm Eric Miller. Uh, with me recording again today is Mr. Matt Rao. Hey. And also Pat Weaver. Hey. We're back for uh, part two of kind of the, oh, I don't know, the the origin story, I guess, of Mercy Hill West um, and how uh, formerly Cornerstone Community Church, of which Pat was a pastor that we talked about on the last episode, um, kind of got grafted into uh, Mercy Hill Church and just kind of telling that story and some of the things that God has done there. Um, last time uh, where we kind of left off was that, Pat, you guys had had a men's retreat mm-hmm. um, with Cam Wolford where you'd gone through the book of uh, all, by Tom Rainer called Autopsy of a Deceased Church and how um, God used that and Cam and, and just that time together as men in God's Word to uh, just refocus you and bring you back to the Bible on some things regarding leadership, what the church is, discipleship, and then how you began to um, uh, go through that same book and teach it in one of the adult Sunday school classes and how it had just uh, brought about a really good brokenness and humility mm-hmm. um, uh, in in the church. And so just pick it up right there, and let's try to, by the end of this episode, we'll kind of get to um, just at least the broad strokes of how we uh, um, of how you guys ended up joining with us then over the, over the next couple of years. So following the, uh, the Sunday school class teaching through this uh, autopsy of a deceased church, um, I also preached through the Sermon on the Mount, which was a huge, 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 uh, I, I don't know if anybody else got anything out of it, but it was a life-transforming study for me because I really understood Sermon on the Mount is where you really get disciple, what it means to be a disciple. Did you, did your personal study time change during that time too? Like where did you find the priority, out of that? My priority of how I manage my time as a pastor became much more oriented toward my study was the most valuable thing I could do. But because I had already had a track record of kind of being a fireman, sure. um, you know, some, some of those things began to fall through the cracks, but this is why you need a team of elders, mm-hmm. right. you know, really. Yep. It's why you need a team of elders. Yeah. So, But anyway, I'll have to say, and then very quickly after that, we taught through the book of Second Timothy. I'm sorry, First Timothy. And really got to chapter 3, the qualifications for uh, an elder. Yeah. And uh, we began to realize that we just, that uh, really we'd come to a fork in the road. Either, the, either Cornerstone was going to submit to the word or there had to be a change of uh, leadership. It's almost like a little reformation. You know, uh, was the history and the dogma and even the doctrinal statement and constitution of Cornerstone going to have authority or was it a derived authority from Scripture? And thankfully, um, we made a, a decision that didn't seem so hard, but it was pretty pretty big. Yeah, I like just in regards to that, that Reformation, I saw a clip the other day. This was several years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alistair Begg, I think it was at like a Ligonier conference or something mm-hmm. like that, and they were doing Q&A with a bunch of guys. And one of the questions from the audience was, what does it mean to be reformed? Mm-hmm. And yeah, Alistair Begg was, he was serious, but also being, uh, uh, I don't know, a little bit ornery, I guess. But he just said, well, what does it mean to be reformed? You read your Bible, you believe the Bible, then you obey the Bible, and you'll be reformed. It's just that simple. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just but, that simple. And so, and but you, but you hear that as you guys got into the word. Yeah. All of church I, history is a series of reformations. Right. That's it. Yeah. One of the things I do appreciate about Pat is, uh, so I, I remember when you were going through those series because mm-hmm. we be sitting there studying at, right, at, at yeah. the coffee house, and and I just remember how much it was impacting your own personal life. Mm. So it wasn't just like you were studying just for the benefit of the. 
congregation. Mm-hmm. You're 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 studying for the benefit of of your own heart, your own soul, and what God was doing in that. And that's that's how you were preaching. You were preaching out of your own heart of what God was doing in your own heart. It was almost. So like I just a, I just want to say I appreciate yeah, that. Pat. It was like I was sharing each week. Let me yeah. show you what God's doing in my life because yeah. that's all I got for you. Yeah, that's all I got for you. Yeah, and um, so we taught through that. We we realized we and so we made a decision. And uh, by that time, the Lord had sort of pruned, you know, in, in uh, I believe it's John 15, he talks about how the, I believe it's John 15, where he talks about uh, the, the head of the vineyard prunes the vine yeah. so that it may, prunes the, the grapes, the grapevine, so that it will bear more fruit. The vine dresser, yeah. Yeah. So we agreed we needed to have a evaluation of everything, take inventory, everything. And what obviously was not under the authority of, of, of scripture, um, how uh, tied were we to it that we wouldn't give it up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, to make a long story short, we, uh, we went through the process of, uh, of a total constitution revision. Really practically, we, we made a new one and, um, we wanted to simplify it. First of all, we wanted to uh, the first, the first question was, what is the responsibility? Who are the leaders in the local church, and what is the biblical responsibility of the leaders? And we realized that in the form of church government that we had with the pastor and then the elected deacons, that could not happen with any sense of consistency. Uh, we'd have maybe a couple of positions open on the deacon board and whoever won the popular vote got it. There's really nothing spiritual about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how it functioned. The second thing was, okay, then what is church membership? What is local church membership? And what are the responsibilities of members at this local church? It sounds pretty simple, but that's actually quite... If you've never talked about it, never defined ramp- it, never... Well, yeah. I mean, membership up to that point was, are you born again? Do you agree to abide by the Constitution bylaws? And are you baptized? Yes. Okay, you're that's a member. Like, yeah. You can be a member. There was no understanding of the responsibility. Um, we had a very low threshold for uh, a quorum at our church business meetings, for example. So a lot of major decisions were made by very few people. Congre- uh, dem- democratically, which made sure. it sound really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is a member? We talked about what is baptism? Is baptism necessary for local church membership? That was very controversial at Cornerstone at that time. I personally at that time did not really know what I believed about that, which is crazy now. Sure. But, you know, so I... I I looked at it and very, and I, I came out of it realizing there is no such thing as an unbaptized disciple in the New Testament. Doesn't mean it's a means to being disciple, but it is a public declaration of one's discipleship. Sure, yeah, it's part of it. And and that the pastor really isn't the one baptizing, um, the one who's being baptized. That that local church is is affirming their salvation publicly, not making them say, but affirming it. What were some of the other like biggest like holy cows, so to speak, that needed to be put down as you reworked the Constitution? <laughs> well, good grief! I feel like uh, if I went down that trail, there were um, 
there was it was almost committed to death. Oh, yeah. so so k- kill. I don't again. I don't mean to be too derogatory with holy cows, but like things like did the, was it just a lot of committees that needed to die? There were some committees. Um, you know, there was, uh, and again, I'm not. I'm I'm involved in this too. I'm I'm part of the pathology. I'm not just standing outside sure, criticizing yeah, everything. Yeah, I'm yeah, no. I'm actually being. We're going through reformation. Brought out we're, of it we're part myself. Of the so yeah. I don't want to come off as though everyone else had the problem and I was the only right. one that could see it. It wasn't that at all. In fact, I was probably the chief of sinners in many ways through all of it. But um, we we just didn't have, you know, like for example, one of the ways that we chose candidates for the deacon board was the husbands and wives of the current deacons would all get together and just nominate people. And it became down to finding out who was willing to do it. Sure. Yeah, I used to be at a church. There was a, it was a, it was tons of committees, and then you had a separate nominating committee that yeah. the nominating committee would just not... <laughs> <laughs> we just, uh, we just, and I, I guess maybe we should stop and just hit pause if you're listening to this and like, I don't know if you happen to go to a church where that's the case. We, uh, we don't want to be too mean spirited. No, not also, at all. But, but however, though, we are not fans of that at all, and we don't think it's in the Bible, and we do think you <laughs> be honest, have, we do it's think it's exhausting. It's, it's, it's exhausting and troublesome. Yeah, church gov- and, uh, a yeah. church government isn't ultimately the salvation of a local church. It's no. Jesus Christ and the gospel. Of course. Yeah. And if you, and I don't know, I'm saying stuff you already know, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying it to myself. Um, ultimately, if you've got godly spiritual, got, godly people who are following Jesus, that almost trumps a bad church government, but it's a lot harder. Yeah. Well, systems will keep you will keep you yeah. strapped. Fault, faulty systems will yep. keep you will keep you strapped for sure. So, we 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 redid the constitution. What we really what we didn't, and we we made room for the office of an elder. With very biblical definitions and responsibility of the elder, of course, we don't have elders. I am all of a sudden I became the elder, but we knew that that wasn't enough. We felt like we needed a plurality of leaders, of elders. Yeah. So we, uh, we, we uh, and the first qualification for an elder in First Timothy 3 is you must desire the good work. You must want it. Yeah, you have to desire it. Um, so, so we, uh, I'll leave out all the yeah, process, so, well, but so, I ended so. up with two men who I believed had a grip on the scriptures, had a grip on the gospel, were learners, humble and trusted and they stepped up and they became what we call, we just called them elder apprentices. And we had two years of uh, just functioning like elders without, uh, I say, you know, ultimately I was the elder, but I tried to operate in unity with them and submit to them myself. Well, and I, I, if I just want to, pause here and just talk about the timeline a little bit because mm-hmm. I think what's helpful here again these are some of the things we'll probably revisit in some future episodes mm-hmm. but just to highlight the timeline um, in terms of I, I think or I think there's a ditch you could have fallen into there is that you see something needs to change and okay we need to become an elder-led church we need maybe a plurality of elders that we mm-hmm. see in the New Testament so let's just hurry up and get some elders but you no. didn't you didn't rush into that you didn't jump from one ditch to the next no. um, 
but just in terms but, but I think that two year transition period of of having kind of elder apprentices and that's just where that's just where you were at and that's what was going on but that mm-hmm. was but these were all things though that were part of reworking the constitution correct the church correct. constitution it was okay. it was the result and you know the constitution the, the revision the constitution had to come to a vote as per the old constitution yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know right. yeah 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 and so there was yeah. a lot of uh you know, there, I'm looking back, and I just remember there were a lot of meetings with people individually along the way. There was a lot of fear. Change is hard. Um, but to make a long story short, it passed by an overwhelming vote of the members at that meeting. Um, not everybody came along on the journey. We would like to have had more, but it was it was enough that it was very clear that there was a unity here. Which is which is which in in that setting, it was evidence that God really had been doing a work in your people. Going back to that men's retreat and the Sunday school totally. class we talked about yeah. in the last episode, and just some of those things, um, and to where they were really willing to obey and to want to align themselves with the scriptures in yeah. regards to the governance of the local church. Yep, so that's good. So, the point of this is is now that we have, and then. Um, those two guys were elders, apprentices. You know, there's a whole series of things that occurred during that period of time that I won't go into, but all to say we, we were following Jesus. We were beginning to see conflict in the church resolved biblically. Um, we were meeting and praying. They were having opportunities to preach and, and uh, to develop uh, relationships. We, we developed a small church program, small church, small, small groups. Um, and, um, there came a certain point, uh, where, uh, one of the elders, they both said at the end of that process, we feel God is leading us to become official elders. So, that, and this is kind of the hard part, we, we thought, well, how do we do that as per our new constitution? So we basically uh, had uh, the members not so much vote yes or no, but just affirm. Affirm, yeah. Affirm, affirm them, and it was, it just was perfect. Good. You know, yep. and... Um, but then very shortly after that, one of the elders uh, had been contacted by Samaritan's Purse. He had a lot of experience as a police officer and uh, a security consultant. And so he is now working for uh, Samaritan's Purse, uh, going all over the world, doing helping with their security protocols and their disaster areas. So it came down to me and just another elder. And uh, the church wanted to keep this other guy on that, that left as an advisor to us so we could still communicate and work through things and uh and got to understand all the while i'm continuing to develop my relationship with you guys right yeah i'm watching you guys grow in real time Mm -hmm. watching you guys you know we we got together a lot and shared and prayed with one another and uh yeah we did too little did did we know i didn't have any clue it was not even on my radar uh about where we are now. Yeah. You sure. know, yeah. I remember all those things happening in real yeah. time. Like I remember as you were yeah. going through that stuff and reworking the constitution and yep. cause that was some, that was some, some nitty gritty work. Um, it really was. Mm-hmm. But, uh, 
Well, I remember even <clears throat> previous to you guys being elder led, you know, yeah. uh, you working through that personally, like, what does this even look like? How, how can that happen? How did that work? And I remember, you know, just, just wrestling, you wrestling through it personally, but even with conversations with us, I think, uh, uh another place that I saw that, that working out was, uh, you guys went down to watermark with us. Yes. Uh, to that, oh, that's right. that church conference I forgot and they're elder led as well. And right. I just remember all these questions that you guys were spinning out left and right. Like, how does this actually work? How, 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 <laughs> Well, uh, that was there there were a lot of relational. I'm glad you brought that up because this was part of the in terms of like how Mercy Hill West came about and Cornerstone kind of being grafted in. It's like there were a lot of relational elements like that of just, you know, spending time with you. guys. That was a change in the culture. Cornerstone Cornerstone had always uh, up to the point. And this is just my understanding, what other people have told me, but tended to be very isolationist church around in this local community. Um, We weren't really a lot of. There wasn't a lot of uh, connection yeah, with, other, with other churches. Uh, no, camaraderie. In, independent church, right? <laughs> we were very, we were, we were independent with a with a capital I, yeah. and um, yeah. so. Uh, so do you what do you, do you remember what year the constitutional revision was when that officially got adopted? It was it was around two thousand eighteen, and then t- and then two years later is when you those guys officially came on as elders around twenty twenty. Yeah. Okay. And then, I, I, so I'm, I'm... A lot of stuff happened very quickly. Sure, yeah. So, But then it was, um, over the next two years, then it would have been the beginning of, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but the beginning of 2022 when the year, two years previous, we had started an internship program at Mercy yes. Church with just two yes. guys, with Matt, uh, Matt Beach and Jonas Ramos. Uh, again, with just with the intent of... of uh, training guys up specifically for church leadership and ministry and yeah, according to their gifting, but with a primary emphasis on, you know, uh, handling the word, preaching and teaching. Um, another guy, Brad Frakowski came on about halfway through that first year. Um, I had, uh, that it was actually a year and a half into that, that I, uh, we were, we were in year seven and I had taken a three month sabbatical. Mm-hmm. And so I've been working with those guys. And so those guys got on a rotation of, of filling in and preaching for me along with Matt Rao. Um, and then come to the end of that year, uh, they it just kind of happened that um, there were some other guys that had joined, but then also we were looking for more opportunities for them to preach. Mm-hmm. And then you were at a place at that time. And I know I've skipped ahead a little bit here, but we're, we were went that this would have been beginning of 2022 then. Mm-hmm. So two years after the the elders had come on at uh, Cornerstone, um, where you guys did, and this was and this was a, a key piece, I believe, is like you, they kind of tag team preached with you week to week, um, or not tag team preached, but they were in a rotation of preaching through the Book of Galatians, yes, for, for several months, yes, on a Sunday, which was a which was a great opportunity for them. You were preaching, I don't know, mm-hmm. once every four weeks, five, five, four or five weeks, four or five weeks, and then one of those guys would, uh, and there, we had, I think we had. We had maybe five. We had more than just those three interns. We had, we had actually we had five or six interns. I think then, so they were on a rotation of, of preaching, which was a good you know kind of uh, uh, speed it, for them. You know, about once every five six weeks. To, it to it get modeled discipleship in front of our church, is what it did. Yeah. They got to see this is what it can be. This is what it's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I mean, it's not just theory. It's actually happening. Yeah. Yeah. And it was very necessary. And so the Lord did some things in my own life where I just felt like I needed to back away 
from being the primary preacher. And uh, there were personal things that were going on, and, and I basically just said, hey, guys, we need some help, Mercy Hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you guys had the guys, you had the willingness. It was an opportunity. And we just, there was no, what are the ramifications of this long term? That wasn't even it. It was just simply, how Mercy Hill was simply, how can we help? And you helped by providing men who were hungry to learn and to to uh, and and uh, plunge themselves into the blessing of 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 uh, preaching God's word. Yeah, and I think that that's part of the story, just in terms of like the um, the story of you know it's kind of now having two different locations or whatever. Is that it wasn't we never we didn't have some sort of a quote unquote multi site strategy no. that we we were trying to like i don't know you know do do this thing or whatever it was it was just very much relational um this is where and again we're going to come back and do some future some future podcasts on this but i think we could we have a little bit of time here to pause for a second but i just I, one of the big takeaways or big ideas that I, if there are ever any like not just pastors listening but guys in church leadership really anybody who um uh, is a disciple and wants to be used by the Lord that whatever God has called you to do, and I do think he lays specific kind of callings and tasks on people's hearts to do, but he has not called you to do it alone. Mm-hmm. And it's always going to be in the context um, of a team mm-hmm. and of, of, uh, of working together. Um, right now, just for us personally, we're going, we're just, just finishing up all of 2023 going through the book of Romans and um, I'm off this week, but then uh Next week, we just get into the beginning of chapter 16. And verses 1 through 16 are nothing but just a list. Well, I don't want to say nothing but, but it's pretty much, it's a list of, I believe, 26 individual names. Mm-hmm. And he, Paul, it's, it's a really interesting portion of Scripture and that God um, ha- has purpose to have this as part of his inspired word is that you have this list of 26 names that are people coming and going, some people in the church at Rome, some people that are with Paul, some place, people that have been both places, but how God um, puts people together. And Paul is in writing the book of Romans from the city of Corinth. Um, but he, obviously there's a church in Rome. There's a, And by church, I mean not just an organization, but a group of people, Christ followers, disciples in Rome that he's writing to. But um, God, Paul definitely, we always think of Paul just kind of like Lone Ranger going out there and, and getting it done. It was it's absolutely the farthest thing from the truth. And as you slow down and read through some of these, uh, I don't know, kind of what I many people might consider leftovers um, in the New Testament, especially at the end of Paul's epistles, where he lists some of these names and things. Um, there's some really good insight, and and again, not not apples to apples, but like, but just in terms of like uh, growth, I think for both churches and the larger expression of the body of Christ and what it means to disciple to do discipleship not just within a local church but but god has placed us here in this locality for the sake of the gospel and um there were things that you know we were able to uh uh, lock shields with you on you know in terms of just just the heart for discipleship it's all about jesus the gospel and um and it, it really served uh our interns well at the time too because they as we were meeting on a on a weekly basis talking about um, basically uh, hermeneutics and homiletics and preaching and teaching and rightly handling the word of truth, it gave real opportunity uh, for them to continue to grow in that area of, uh, of preaching and teaching the word. And you, uh, yeah, I just, it was a good, uh, uh, 
I don't know, just a good thing that happened. But again, and I'll, I know I'm rattling off a lot here, but just that um, it wasn't a part of some master plan, at least from our perspective. No. It was more. Not from mine it is, it, or our it leaders. Is, it is, it was the master plan of, of Christ, so to speak. But, um, but it, all this was just kind of, uh, kind of coming together. And it was, I look back over the last 10 years from the perspective of now, and it, it's just so obvious that God's hand was on both sides and around it, leading it along. But yet, if you took a snapshot of each moment, it seemed like chaos. Sure. Yeah. But it wasn't. Right. And, um, and, and what he honored, what, what God always honors, is the uplifting of his son into the gospel. And I have to give credit. The, the credit for everything that's happened has been and will continue to be the gospel itself. We're just living out the gospel. At least that's yeah. it's really not complicated. Well, I think that though that another thing is too, just in terms of of just relationships, is that um, you you want God to just bring about those relationships in your life, especially if you're in church leadership. But you also need to seek them out, and you mm-hmm. need to relationships take time and they take a willingness to uh, be invested in, you know, it's like anything else. Like what, I don't know of anything in life that we, that we truly value. That's truly precious to us that we haven't invested in, mm-hmm. you know, it's that it's kind of like that whole treasure principle thing. Um, the tra- where your treasure is there, your heart will be also, but it's like, we need to take the time to invest in relationships, understanding that we need each other and that it's really out of that soil of Christ and the gospel, but then also um, just horizontal not even vertical our relationship with christ but horizontal relationships with one another that really that that christ really begins to uh uh bring about fruit you know yep. for his for Amen. his honor and for his glory so matt do you what anything other thoughts on just that that season and yeah it's just a really a big it's just a long process you know and and i um you know i i was uh even before the internship uh, interns were actually out there preaching. I, I would fill the pulpit once in a great while. Very much. Um, and then, you know, I just appreciated, too, the the people at Cornerstone because they would come do service with me at the nursing homes as well. Um, I don't know how every, every so often it was like maybe every right. two months or something like that, that, you know, you you, you know you would bring your congregation out. And um, as I was doing a, a church service, which I would do it on, a, on Sundays after, afternoons, um, you know, you, 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 you know, everybody was there and I got to know the people from Cornerstone very well out of that. Um, so once again, that relational side of things, um, we're, we're just, it, it was just a natural, uh, progression as I got to know people there as well. So yeah. that, that was, that was really, I think part of the, part of it too, as God yeah. was working through stuff. Just, it was just slow and steady wins the race and just relationships and just, uh, waiting upon the Lord, um, yeah. and uh, you know when it, it is when you find people uh, in other churches that you not only agree with theologically, but really have the same kind of heart and philosophy of ministry, just in terms of what needs to be important and also what's not important. Um, there's a good chance that God's going to want you to, you know, lock shields with them, so to speak, and to begin to. Uh, um, do some things together because I'm a big believer that we can always do more together uh, than we can apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and when you find people that are that are like minded, that it's a it's a good thing to uh, um, 
Yeah, just to just to get together for the, for the sake of the gospel and to move forward. There's a little bit more to this. We haven't completely mm-hmm. landed the plane in terms of uh, where we're uh, how a little bit of the process of actually coming together and kind of formally uh, cornerstone, kind of formally joining Mercy Hill Church, um, so to speak. But uh, we're going to come back to that. Uh, on the next episode, and we thank you for listening and uh, hope that this has encouraged you to uh, carry out the mission that God's given you as part of the local church before watching world. Mm-hmm.